Have you ever found yourself saying, this must be happening to me because God hates me? Or if God really loved me, he would take away this pain. Or I'm probably not even important to God anyway, so why should I ask him about anything? We've all found ourselves asking these questions at different times in our lives. But have these thoughts become our traditions? And have we adopted these traditions as a belief? Even worse, do our traditions derive from fairy tales? What is truth? Stick around, because as we look a little closer at Job's life and the context of the whole Bible, what unfolds is quite amazing. Well, welcome back, everyone, to It's the Real Deal podcast. I am uh, just, whoa, uh, man, it's been a ride, right? The last few years, it's been an exciting time. Uh, really, actually, that was a little bit sarcastic, but it really has been an exciting time to be alive. We're, we're here, right? And God has some amazing things that he is doing right now, some amazing things that are going on around the world and you may say Caleb you know it doesn't really look like there's a lot of great things happening there's a lot of turmoil there's a lot of problems but you know actually if you look you will see the hand of God working you know we know in uh, Romans we know from the Apostle Paul where he wrote to the Romans and he said you know my God will work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Well, if you're in Christ, you are called according to his purpose. And you love God. And so you fit that category. You fit that criteria. And you are going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Because God is so good, he's going to take care of you. So even in the terrible situations, God's going to turn it around for good. Now, I don't believe that God, now this might be a little controversial, but I don't believe that God causes problems because we know that God is good. We know from Matthew chapter, I'm going to, I'm going to bring in the the scripture here. We know from Matthew chapter seven, verse 11, uh, that one's easy to remember. You know, if you like seven, 11, Matthew chapter seven, verse 11, uh, we know that says that if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? And then in Matthew chapter, or sorry, so we know that from Matthew, and then Luke, Luke's gospel, uh, by the Holy Spirit, he writes in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, Luke 11, 13, it says the same thing, but it says, it says, uh, if you being evil know how to give good give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit? And we know that the Holy Spirit is the best gift of all. So if God, think about it with me, if God would give us the Holy Spirit, you know, how much more will he give us? You know, it says that if he would give you Christ, how much more along with Christ will he graciously give you all things? all things. He loves us so much, cares for us so much as a good father. And he's saying, and this, uh, Jesus is telling us that if you, even in your evil fallen state, if you even know how to take care of your kids and want to give them good things, I mean, 
Jesus is saying, if your kid, and this is what the scripture says, I'm paraphrasing, but this is what it says, that if if your child asks you for uh, a piece of bread, are you going to give them a stone? If they ask you for a fish, will you give them uh, a serpent? Uh, one place it says, if they ask for an egg, will you give them, uh, you know, like a serpent? Will you give them like something terrible? Like, why? If if we're this way, if we give good things and we know what good is, then why would we expect our Father in heaven, who has given us everything for life and godliness, through Christ Jesus, he has provided for us abundantly. Why would we expect him to give us bad things? Now, some may say, well, Job, you know, Job, oh man, that's, you know, he just was like, you know, though he slay me, I will still praise him. You know, that's Job's perspective. We have to be rightly discerning the word of truth. You know, are Job's friends, what they're quoting, is that because it's in the Bible? Because Job's friends were way off base. But are we going to take what they said for, you know, oh, I should live my life by Job's friends. I should act like them. Why don't you just curse God and die? You know, that's a terrible way to live. You're not going to live too long in a very prosperous way uh, or not going to live a very productive life with that attitude. Uh, Why would we expect, why would we expect to uh, receive anything good with that attitude? And there's plenty of other people in the Bible too. I mean, you can think about, well, what about the apostle Paul, right? When he was Saul, back before when he was persecuting Christians, should we persecute Christians? Should we throw them in jail and lock them up? Because the apostle Paul did it back when he was Saul and it's in the Bible. You know, there's certain things you need to rightly discern. You don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, as it talks about in Ephesians 5. And it's like, sometimes people, and we've all done it, so I'm not trying to like call down anyone here. I'm I'm speaking to myself as much as anyone else. Please hear my heart. Like, it's just the thing of though, we've taken different pieces of scripture and we've thought, well, since it's in the Bible, it must be true. And it is true that it happened that way, but the Bible, you have to rightly discern what's going on here. And you can't just take one piece of scripture. Like if you take, um, you know, like let's take like just these like few verses and maybe we'll take a verse from over here. You know, we'll, we'll go to the back of the book. We'll go to the beginning of the book. We'll go like somewhere in the middle, just grab a few things and, you know, throw them together. I mean, you're going to get, you can get all kind of doctrines and you sometimes do see some odd doctrines out there. And, you know, you're probably thinking of something. I'm thinking of a bunch of things. I'm not trying to call out different people. We're, we're all guilty of missing it at some point. There's no, you know, if you, um, find the perfect church, I would just suggest don't go there because if any of us go there, we're going to mess it up. Okay. So if you find the perfect church, just leave it alone because we've all messed stuff up in our life and yeah, we'll, we'll screw it up. So don't, don't do that. Don't go there. But listen, if you are going to take, you know, you have this, the Bible, Really, you, if you're going to look at something in context with the Bible, you have to look at that verse, you have to look at that whole chapter, and you have to really look at that whole book, and then the whole Bible. 
okay? You can't just take one thing. If you take a text out of context, you're just left with a con, right? So if you take, if you just take a text out of context, you're left with a con. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. So you don't want to do that. Uh, you don't want to be a con man. So let's make sure that we're focused on the whole Bible, the whole Word of God, and we're taking it as it's meant to be as a whole. And so Job and his friends, right? So people like to quote Job. And I actually do like the book of Job. Um, I used to kind of just leave it alone because I was like, this is a little uncomfortable and I'm not really sure what's going on here. So it's actually best, I mean, I believe it is best to just leave some things alone sometimes if you don't understand them. I mean, we don't have to, it's okay to say you don't know something. People look at us and we're like, they're like, you should know, you should know everything. In the Bible, you say you're a Christian, you should know everything. It's like, well, I'm still renewing my mind. As it talks about in Romans, uh, Romans 12, I'm still renewing my mind and I don't know everything. So listen, it's okay to say, I don't know, right? So I just want to give you that freedom. You are free from having to live in perfection and know everything. It's okay to not know some things. And the book of Job was one of those things for me that I left alone for a long time because I was just like, you know what? I see some truths in here, but I don't, I'm just going to not mess with that. Not touch that right now. But really, if you look at it, it's not that hard to understand because Job is a righteous man. But this is really before we don't really see, there's some debate on the time period. Uh, sometimes people say it's before the law. Some people say it is it is after the law, but really the law wasn't given till the wilderness uh, after the people of Israel had left Egypt. So really, if it's anywhere before that, there's actually a pyramid in Egypt right now that they call uh, Job's Pyramid um, that Job supposedly built. Which, if that's true, it's still before the law. It's still before the covenant. Um, but it's interesting because some people say that they thought Job was even before that. But I have some friends that have literally been over there, seen it. They're like, yeah, the locals all call it Job's um, uh, pyramid. And that they just like, you know, it's kind of written down that way. And so you have that. And so if that is true, still it's before the law. But Job was a righteous man. And he uh, wanted to please God. But he was also very fearful about a lot of things. And you notice he was constantly making sacrifices for his kids. But ultimately, each person dies for their own sin. Okay? But God has no pleasure in the death of him who dies resulting from sin. God does not, he's not pleased. That's in the Old Testament. I'm going to let you look that up for yourselves because it's good for us to lay our eyes upon these things. But in the Old Testament, uh, God says, I have no pleasure in the death of him who dies. And it's talking about in context, resulting from sin. God does not, he's not pleased in that. You know, we know from the New Testament that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So it's not God's will that you that you fail and that you perish. And so Job, he's very fearful. He's making these sacrifices for his kids. 
And the kids, though, are living wild and not serving God, and they don't pay God any attention. So they're really putting themselves out there in the open to be slain. I mean, because there's no there's no blood of Jesus yet, right? And so they're they're vulnerable. But Job is a righteous man even before the blood of Jesus. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So we see that happening throughout time. Those who put their faith in Jesus or put their faith in God, this was before Jesus came, but they put their faith in the Heavenly Father and it's accounted to them for righteousness. They believe God, they trust God. And so Job is trusting God. He's a righteous man, we've established that. But he's also very fearful. And we see these terrible things that come upon him. The whole thing with the devil approaching God in heaven is quite interesting. You don't really see that almost anywhere else in the Bible. But it's, it's interesting. That's why Job is a great book to study. It's, it's wonderful, and it gives us a lot of insight, and it can give us a lot of wisdom into kind of what's happening here, what's going on. And, and so I appreciate it a lot. But remember, please remember that it is before any real covenant is made. But the devil approaches God and is like, you know, what about Job? And, you know, like you put a hedge of protection around him. And then God's kind of like, well, have you considered my servant Job? And I, because there's no punctuation in the Greek or Hebrew when these were written, punctuation was added later by the translators. And for the most part, they did a good job, but they've missed a few things here and there. And there's a few different stories where it makes a big difference where you put periods and commas, exclamation marks, question marks. It, it makes a, it's a big deal. And these are one, this is one of those places where it would be really helpful if this was broken out a little bit more like how in context it makes a little more sense. Now, I'm not trying to change the word by any means. I'm not trying to do that at all. That is not ever a good idea. But just look at it carefully and consider to the whole Bible how this looks. The devil is approaching God. God is protecting Job. The devil comes and says, you know, why have you protected him? I can't do anything to him. And God's like, have you considered my servant Job? It's not like God's like saying, oh yeah, I put a hedge of protection around him, but that doesn't mean much. Like, uh, have you considered him? Do you want to destroy him? <laughs> like, here, like, let me pull out my list of people. <laughs> oh, have you considered my servant Job? He's a good one to strike down. It's like, it's not that. Like, what kind of a parent we just established from the New Testament, from what Jesus is saying, remember, Jesus only said what he heard his father say. He only did what he saw his father do. So he is the will of God in action. When Jesus healed people, he healed people. He didn't halfway heal people. He didn't say, ah, no, uh, actually, you just need to suffer with this sickness a little longer. And then, actually, I'm going to turn you over to the devil. Like, no, Jesus came and loved the people. They were like sheep going astray. They didn't have a, uh, a shepherd. And Jesus longed to gather them as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, you know, gathers the chicks to protect them, to hide them. Uh, you know, the shadow of the Almighty under the wing of the shadow of the Almighty. You know, you see Psalms 91 there coming together with that story. And Jesus is like, I want to gather you, but you would not have it. So it matters what we do. It matters if we reject God or if we accept what he's done 
and trust him. And you see Job right here, where he's a righteous man and God's protecting him as a good father. You know, it's the, the picture of the shadows of the wings of the Almighty protecting the, the chicks, protecting the young. And he loves Job. God loves Job. And so it's, it's not a matter of God's not working with the devil. He's never been working with the devil, ever. And so this is a, a skewed story if you if you look at it that way, that God is working somehow with the devil. Somehow he's like, oh yeah, let's actually strike the people too. Like, I, I like blessing them, but also let's let's do some damage. Um, you know, that's a lot of damage. Um, <laughs> oh man. But God's not the bad guy and he doesn't work with the bad guy. God is good through and through. And so you see here that Job gets struck with different diseases, uh, his his family is destroyed, and, and different aspects that happen to him there. But that wasn't God's best. God's saying, have you, have you really considered my servant Job? Like, are you really going after him? And the devil's like, yeah, like, like, I'm going after him, and you don't have a covenant, you can't stop me. And like, God's like, you can, you're allowed within your realm of authority that you got from Adam and Eve. We talked about this another time. Check out the authority um, uh, podcast because that one really dives into that. But you see, because the devil has authority from Adam and Eve, he's become like the God of this world. And so God's saying, well, because you have this authority, you can do certain things to him, but you cannot destroy him ultimately. And you see then after the devil, you know, has his little fun and all this, you know, Job wavers a little bit. God has to give him a talking to in the later chapters. And it sort of ends with God saying, you know, you think you're all this, but where were you when I created all these things? When I did these things, can you do these things? Like, and kind of humbled Job and then restored everything back to Job. When Job kind of got straightened out with his thinking, God blessed him abundantly. And so it wasn't it wasn't anything about uh, the you know God wanting to destroy him. God wanted to bless him, and God did everything within His means. If Adam and Eve hadn't given over the authority, then God could be walking with Job in the cool of the day. He could be walking with all of His people. So it's not that God wants to destroy people or that He is working with the devil because he enjoys that or anything like that. It's because people give their authority to the devil and allow him to work in their life. When they open the door to them, open the door to the devil, when they turn their back on God, when they fear, fear is basically perverted faith. It's just the opposite of believing God for something good. Instead of believing God for something good, they just believe basically that the devil can do something bad in their life, that he's more powerful than God. It's this whole deception that the devil has been working on for years and years and years. God wants to bless you. God wants to take care of you. He loves us so much. And so that's just a tidbit. There's so much more that could be said about the book of Job, but that's a snapshot of it. And I encourage you to go look at it for yourself and really dive into it because 
if you actually look at it, the whole thing together, and then you go and read the rest of the Bible, you get this picture. God is consistent. He's not bad in the Old Testament and good in the New Testament. God doesn't have major mood swings. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as it says in Hebrews. Um, God loves us, and uh, I can't say that enough because it's so true. So don't don't forget that uh, God only has good things for you, and He's not out to get you. He's not out to destroy you. And stay focused on the whole context of the Bible. Don't look to the right or the left, but really focus in and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you uh, and teach you in that. So I want to leave you with that. And I think that kind of wraps up uh, what we have for today. So if uh, this was encouraging to you, uh, please, um, you know, leave me a note or something. Uh, of course, YouTube, or you can go on there, leave a comment. Um, I'm working on potentially an Instagram page, but not promising anything there because, yeah, a lot going on. But you can also always um, uh, contact me. Uh, through um, the probably the YouTube channel is the best way right now but yeah you guys are a blessing I call you blessed and I'm going to pray for you guys and then let you go but thanks again for joining uh, Heavenly Father thank you for this time that we can uh, gather around your word and discuss uh, topics in your word and Lord um, just thank you for uh, guiding and directing us in everything that we do today thank that we would just know that uh, you love us and that you have good plans for us and that we'd stay uh, focused on that. And I uh, thank you that you have put a hedge of protection around us, that you have covered us with your wings. And I just plead the blood of Jesus to everyone out there. Uh, thank you for uh, just keeping them safe. Thank you, Lord, for watching over them, uh, that you uh, don't want harm for us, but that you want good for us. And uh, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that has filled us uh, to overflowing and that we can um, just honor you, that we can glorify you in this life, and that though there are things that come against us, that we are the overcomers, that we are victorious in you. And so, Father, we just praise you. We love you today. And, Lord, you are. Jesus, you are Lord. And we just bless your holy name. In your name, Jesus, amen. Well, have a great rest of the day or night or afternoon or how, wherever you are, have an awesome one. And I will see you in the next episode.